This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots. I'm Cindy Yu. I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Forsyth. Now, James and Katie, it's the second day after the budget, or not budget, the autumn statement. What are the front pages like today, Katie? So it's a mixed bag. I mean, I think the Express is the most positive, but that's not hugely surprising. Um, They're happy about the pensions triple Exactly. Lot. So I think, and, that, and look, that was the moment when you saw Jeremy Hunt delivering the autumn statement, where the Tory MPs, the backbenchers were pretty quiet throughout, and it was definitely when he announced the pensions triple lock staying in place that you saw the, the loudest cheers, or at least the, you know, the most animation in the session coming from the Tory benches, and the Express are celebrating that, saying they've had a campaign. I mean, away from that, I think the focus is on, if you look at the OBR forecast, the projected to have that big fall in living standards, and then I think you're also seeing people saying, well, how do we get into this mess? Mm. And mm. therefore, you know, are the Tories just cleaning up their own mess? So, but I would say if you take a step back, I think all things considered, I don't, don't, don't know what James thinks here, ultimately, I don't think the front pages are so bad for, the, for all the difficult things they've had to announce. These front pages were never going to be good. And I think they could be a lot worse. James? So I think the most important test of this autumn statement was how the markets reacted. And the market reaction so far, there haven't been hosannas or anything like that, but it hasn't <laughs> been negative. We are not currently having a split screen with gilt yields and sterling. So I, I think that bit has passed. I think there is obviously grumpiness among Tory MPs. You saw Jacob Rees-Mogg's interview on Channel 4 News last night. But you haven't got people saying, oh, I'm going to vote against this. And I think the other crucial thing is budgets or autumn statements or fiscal events unravel when individual measures get picked off and get pulled at. You're not seeing that happen at the moment. Now, I think the crucial thing is whether the argument they are making, which is you can't borrow more, so you've got to operate within these parameters, whether that sticks or not. I thought it was quite interesting yesterday, Pat McFadden, uh, one of the Labour Treasury spokesmen, was, was indicating that Labour kind of accepted that you had to kind of keep within what the OBR are saying about the size of the fiscal consolidation needed. And so... We could be having a debate about you know, how to do that precisely, because I think what is more politically difficult after what happened to Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng is to argue that you can let borrowing take the strain. And so I think we now are in a world where the choices that have been imposed on all the parties are more fiscally conservative. Now, if you were an alien from outer space, you would think that that would normally favour the Tories. But the reason it might not is the people who have discovered the limits of what government can borrow are actually Conservatives. And so Labour, it's very easy for Labour, as Rachel Reeves did yesterday, to essentially deliver a statement that, that is saying the Tories, this is only having to be done because of the mess that the Tory party has made. So I think, I think that is the kind, of, the kind of the crucial question about politics this morning. And I think when you're looking at the reaction amongst Tory MPs, to James's point, Lots of people don't particularly like what they saw yesterday. They find these measures hard to stomach, but I think there is a sense of what is the alternative. Mm. And, you know, reaching out to a few MPs, once, you know, very eloquent for this podcast, they, were, they thought the general reaction was just meh. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's particularly happy about it, but ultimately, what are you going to do instead? Yeah. Because they've obviously tried an alternative, and there are still lots of people who ultimately think that Liz Truss's general approach in terms of going for growth 
lower taxes was fundamentally the right one, but the mismanagement of how you brought that in now means it's not, it's not an option in the same way. And, I, and therefore there is a bit, I still think, you know, let's see what, how things look at the beginning of next week, because you never quite know what's going to flare up. But to James's point, people are not really talking about any one specific measure. Um, I think where there's been the most discomfort is on fuel duty. I mean, the fact that the OBR yes. talked about a fuel duty hike, I would be surprised if fuel duty, I mean, fuel duty seems to get frozen in every budget. I would be surprised if that run was broken. Exactly, but I do think the very fact that that's become almost the issue is a sign that the measures that Jeremy Hunt actually spoke about are being broadly accepted. Mm-hmm. And does this leave Labour in a bit of a tricky position? I mean, James, you've pointed out one way in which Labour can attack, but ultimately, what is their alternative? So, I mean, Labour will take the view that they don't actually need to provide an alternative. The polls at the moment suggest that the public blame the Conservatives for the mess that Jeremy Hunt said yesterday he was trying to fix. And so I think Labour's thing will be just to say, well, who did it? And do what Rachel Reeves said yesterday, which is, are you better off now than you were four or five years ago? The answer to that, looking at the OBR charts, predicting the the two-year biggest squeeze ever on people's real household disposable income, will, will not be yes. And I think Labour at the moment are relying on that being enough. I think the the way in which that strategy might not be enough is if the economy has clearly stabilised by the time of the next election and there is a sense that the corner has been turned and these tough decisions have borne fruit. But I think one of the challenges for Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak is that they are relying on that turnaround happening in two years, while as normally this is the kind of statement that gets delivered at the beginning of a parliament and you've got four or five years for it to bear fruit. Yeah, I think ultimately, I mean, if you look at the polls, Labour are in a pretty comfortable position in terms of how far ahead they still are to keep saying, this was your mess, you know. And then I also think in terms of their own spending plans, they just, at the moment, I don't think they're getting the same, even think about broadcast coverage, I think at some point, if the polls stay as they are, mm-hmm. and it looks as Labour are going to win a very large majority, potentially larger than the what the current, Tories currently have now, then they will of course come under more scrutiny for what exactly they're going to do. But it doesn't feel that we, we're still at the point where, you know, it's about two years after this Conservative government and I think Labour have some time on their side. And I think Labour's strategy at the moment is to essentially have an iconic tax raise to pay for something popular, except the broad outlines of what the Tories are proposing, and then say, but we'll tax non-doms to pay for more doctors to be trained. So rather than having a high-level argument, just kind of concentrate on something which is politically tax an unpopular group of people to pay for something popular and try yeah. and set that up as a dividing line. I mean, ultimately, it is the case that what was announced yesterday was trickier for Labour, is trickier for Labour in terms of measures. Of, there are plenty of things in there that Labour MPs would support. Yeah. And so it is a trickier position for them to be in than Liz Trust and Kwasi Kwarteng's not so many budget, which ultimately Labour didn't have to do much because they could just say, well, you are cutting tax for the richest and you're not you know, offering help for the most vulnerable and things like benefits you because you haven't confirmed either way. But the benefit for Labour and the problem for the Tories is that still happened. Mm. And therefore, we might be in a different position in terms of the polls had the Liz Trust not so many budget ever ever occurred. But because it has, you know, this is all just rowing back. Oh, you know, it's almost getting back to the 2019 manifesto type pitch. But people obviously remembering what happened in between. And James, ultimately, is this going to work to reduce inflation and to limit how long the recession is going to be? Well, I mean, that, that is the you know, $64,000 question. I think <laughs> if, we, if we all knew the answer to that, we might, we might, be, we might be very high paid jobs in the city rather than... Um, Not no, sitting here. Um, no, look, the, I mean, the big question is, 
Is this enough in this autumn statement for the interest rates not to go as high as it looked like they were going to go? And is the recession, turns out, to be shallower than people expected? I think one of the other big questions is, there are a huge number of external factors here. How much longer does the war in Ukraine go on for, for example? I think one of the other difficult other things is, what happens in the rest of the global economy? I think at the moment one of the things is that none of the engines of the global economy are, are, are going kind of at any great speed. You've got Europe is obviously dealing with very high energy prices that, that are, are depressing growth. You've got a very tight labour market in the US and, and a quite aggressive Federal Reserve tightening. China is still trying to work out how it wants to handle COVID, as, as to your, your post on Coffee House this week. So, I mean, I think the government, as you saw yesterday, Jeremy Hunt, took kind of guffaws from Labour benches, trying, trying to blame this on global factors. There are, but, there, but there are clearly global factors. And how, what happens with them, I think, is going to be also going to be key in determining the, the pace at which uh, the economy recovers. Katie and James, thanks very much.